You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So we're going to start with some halacha tonight. We'll start with a little bit of Hilchas Lashon Hara uh, that's developed by the Chafetz Chaim. It's not exactly Lashon Hara, but Chafetz Chaim, based on the Rambam and Hilchas Deo, says it has the din of Lashon Hara, which is um, telling something over, which is said to you as a secret, even though it's not something negative. So let's take a look. If somebody has told four people something, and he told each of those four not to reveal it to anyone. Um, now, that is called Lashonara if they reveal a secret. If someone says, I'm telling you something in privacy, I don't want anyone else to know, it could be the most beautiful thing about the person. It could be a very positive thing. But if a person decides he wants that information to be private, then you violate that by the Rabbi Menil Chazdeos says that as a din of Lashonara. Now, let's say He's told four people, and three of them have gone against the person's will and have actually said, and actually been over Lashon Hara, but actually spread it to other people. So the fourth one, um, does he still have the mitzvah or the, the iser of not telling anyone about it, even though the the other three already know. And this gets into something very similar to what we were talking about the other night, about things that are already well-known in the newspaper. The Chavetz um, Chaim, uh, when he deals with this question, says that he feels that that fourth person would be usher to tell it. Um, now, why should it be usher? Because based on uh, the words of Rabbeinu Yoyna. Rabbeinu Yoyna, of course, is another, besides the Rambam and Ilchos Deus, one of the places that the um, uh, the Rambam, the, the Chafetz Chaim, in the masterpiece that is the Chafetz Chaim, one of the places that he that he looks to, one of the Rishonim that he builds so many important Yosodas from, is from the Shari Chuva from Rabbeinu Yoyna. And he learns him up in a masterfully way. And we've, of course, been learning the Sefer Chafetz Chaim uh, in our dear Shushiorim for, for many, many years. And I've always stressed to you the incredible uh, Havana that the Chafetz Chaim has, uh, the type of subtle reading. And this is something, even before he began his book on the Mishnah Bura, uh, you could see that type of uh, mind at work, the way he analyzed the words of Rabbeinu Yoyna, which, again, people knew it was a Musar Sefer, but he actually... Uh, shifted Rabbeinu Yoyna from just a Baal Musar into an integral Rishon in Halacha when it comes to Hilchos Lashon Hara. So based on the words of Rabbeinu Yoyna, the Chavetz Chaim develops the idea that when it comes to revealing a secret, there's two negative aspects. One is the fact the person doesn't want that secret known because he wanted to keep it the second thing is that's nezek. That's nezek. The second thing is when you're magal aside, it's yoitzimidirachatsniasumavarotasbalasoid. Now there's an iser that's called again, what does that mean? Yoitzimidirachatsnius. In other words, the idea is there's a relationship, there's something you had with that person that you were going against 
a person's will. The first thing is the guy doesn't want you know, anyone to know about it. And he clearly feels this will hurt him. Well, everybody knows about it already, so you're not hurting him anymore. But there's still a secondary level here that your maver on his das, because he told you not to say it. So therefore, the Chavetz Chaim says, he splits the needle. He uses the needle to actually uh, to, 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 to make the thread very, very thin. Maybe that's a better metaphor. That um, you're right. The, everyone knows about it. But, Therefore, it would be even though people know about it, you can't say anything. You're still bound by what you were told that you have to keep it a secret. Uh, Robert Kivalevich, I have one question, if I may. Right. Um, in the case of, let's say, person number one tells person number two, do you know that I have this situation? And it can be an embarrassing situation, could be financial, whatever. Uh, the person uh, that he's selling uh, it to knows. Should he pretend he doesn't? What should be the behavior? Or is it covered at all? All right, let me understand your question. Um, we have, let's say, Ruven and Shimon, person uh-huh. one and two. Mm-hmm. So repeat your, your question again. Let's say, uh, uh, Ruven tells Shimon, do you know that I'm broke, for example? Yes. You know that I'm divorced, that I'm this. Yes. So if his friend knows about it, he's not the one who's volunteering, he's not the one who's doing the gossip. He, should he keep, you know, say yes or okay. say, oh, that's surprise? Okay, so let, okay, so let me right. answer your question. Um, I believe if Ruven tells Shimon and he says, you know, I'm a divorced person, I had a marriage from before, I've been married before. Whatever happens oh, to yeah. Yeah. Right, right. I'm just giving you, making it a little more graphic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shimon at this point was not told by Ruve not to say anything. But it would seem that unless Shimon is being asked about a shidduch that someone wants to now go out with Ruve, mm-hmm. he, he can't just say, yeah, hey, you know what? Ruve told me he's divorced. Right? Well, the, right. Reason, the reason is, is because for many people, although he told it to you, you don't know that he's told it to many other people. He didn't tell it to three people, right? He might have told you, and, and therefore, and therefore, the heter of the Rambam of Apitlas doesn't apply. And it's definitely possible that many people would consider being a divorced person as a negative. And I think there's a stigma attached to it. Clearly, it's something that people would be considered negative. Now, uh, let me tell you a similar question that has been asked and I've had it, people have discussed it with me. If you know somebody has corona, or a person tells you he has corona, can you tell others that he has corona? That he has mm. affected by COVID-19? We know that people are embarrassed when they, that, that they have gotten this, right? Yeah. Yet over there, in the case of corona, there might be very important health reasons to tell, right? Especially since Again, especially if the person's in your community, again, you have to be, you have to know, you have to be knowledgeable here. Of course. Um, of course. Now, if, if there's no way you have any connection to this person, then just saying, hey, you know what? Remember our old friend? He told me he has Corona. 
I'm not that might qualify as as a lashon hara. Now, if you're actually in his neighborhood, or he could have, it's possible they might have met. So then, telling it is actually a public health positivity. Avrami, do you agree with that, or do you think everybody should be every? It should it should be everybody should have the badge of Corona uh, straightforward. There's no gedarm of lashon hara in Corona at all. Um, I don't think that there's really any any holding back when it comes to Corona. So even though, you know, I'm going to tell you, for example, that um, uh, somebody who lives in London uh, has Corona. Uh, what do I gain by telling you that? Right. right. What do I gain from me by telling you? you you're not well, in London. How about davening for them? I mean, isn't that important to daven for them? All right. That... Um, that, okay, so obviously if someone is ill, it's one thing. If somebody is ill, it's one thing. Let's add him to our philos. Right, right. Um, but I do believe people still feel there's a stigma that, they're, that they, they have do. caught it. They do. Uh, I actually uh, heard someone say that, and I was like, kind of... Again, when we talk about Gilly side, what people don't want people knowing, right? right? So again, you have to. I think you have to be measured here. Look, um, you're saying... You could say the person is ill, daven for them. Do you have to say that they caught this disease, right? You could say, I heard this person is not feeling well. Maybe we should daven for them. But I think people still in this period of corona uh, attach to it a, a sense of shame that it's occurred. Unfortunately, and- it's, it, it shouldn't be because like any illness, it's there should be no shame involved. And it's there are health risks to people who've been in around right okay so this again you have to you have to have a measured situation if it's someone let's say in 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 the new york area and you live in the new york area and um i guess telling that person hey you know this guy has corona have you have you seen him have you been connected to him um but no it's possible if the person tells you and he says yeah i have corona tell everybody please dive in for me of course there's no sode but if you happen to know, I, I think at this point we still have to go with an assumption that it might be something that the person doesn't want people to know about. And unless you feel it needs to be said for health reasons, um, then I'm not sure if I, I don't know if you have a right to be Magala that the person has it. Uh, if it's someone who's who's clearly not uh, in your sphere, and 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 you know, unless you want to say Sheila and Avrami uh, that. Well, I don't live in London, but if now that you're telling me about this guy in London, I happen to have friends in London. Now I can tell those friends, hey, uh, maybe you might know this person who lives in London. Be careful if you've been with him. So, so I guess, you know, one could take that and say... When Ideally, it- you would think the person themselves would be responsible and tell people who might be near them that they have it, even if they don't point- want everyone else knowing. Is there a point where the person can't really, you know, say, I don't want anyone to know about it anymore? Like where just, you're thinking that this is that this is a bad thing, but it's objectively not. Right. Um, so it comes to Gilly Sode as well, right? Obviously, for the health of the Tibor, we would be we would we would say it's Lutayelis. You're not trying to hurt the person, you're trying to save the community. But but I think you have to be careful about that. I think you have to be careful about you know just to say sort of well, a needs uh, to know right a needs to know basis. 
But again, you, you, one could always make the case in a far-fetched way. Hey, you know, I know you know no. I don't know anybody in London. Right? Do you? Well, I can't think of it, but I might think of some people there. Well, I found out that this guy in London has it. So now I'm going to tell you that, and and you're going to say, well, yeah. And you might know that person and know that he lived in London. That's another thing. If you don't know the person at all, Lashonahara, this type of Lashonahara doesn't apply because you don't even know who the person is you're talking about, right? So anyway, so these, you're right, these are uh, uh, complicated uh, situations sometimes. Um, but as you can see, Gilly Sod is clearly something that you can't just dismiss. So that's a little bit of uh, of of that halacha. Um, in terms of our Mishnah Bura today, I'm going to cheat a little bit here and and read to you from one of the malachas that you might want to do on Yontif and and Shabbos, which of course, let's say the malacha of soser of destroying something. Um, something that is a binyan that's here, and you knock it down, so you're over an Isra Daraisa by knocking it down. However, as we know, Isra Daraisa is only so Sramanas Livnos, because you want to build something else there. If you just want to, you know, Hulk smash and destroy the building to smash the wall down, that is an Isra Darabona. Now, that is the standard way to look at it. However, there are some achronim who feel that it's an isr da'araisa even if you just want to knock it down. There's not, there's no chiyav misa. There's no chorus. There's no chatas. Because it's, it's similar to the idea of pachos mikashir. Right? Pachos mikashir, you, you take a haitzah less than the shir. Right, it's an it's it's chazi shir that's aser daraisa, but you're not chayiv. So some have that shita when it comes to soser as well, so, or makalkel. That when it comes to soser makalkel, you're not chayiv, but it's still aser daraisa. Let's say uh, it's in the Mishnah Bura today's learning. Let's say you have uh, a a block of wood. And the reason why you stick it onto your sukkah is because you want the sukkah to have a thicker wall. But you don't put nails in it. I'm not sure how it stays there. Uh, It stays there with some other uh, uh, heavy material that keeps it in place. So let's say somebody on Yontif would go to the sukkah and take that board out. When the sukkah was built, it was put in place with enough strength to be staying there. So now you 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 un, un, unhook it. So halacha is according to what we've learned, what we learned in the Mishnah Bura, by taking it away, there is called an Isra soser, um, because you're, you're you're you are stripping something out of the wall that you want. Now, let's say you don't want to thicken the wall. But the reason why you stick that extra board there is because you want the wall to be standing straighter. Not because you want a warmer sukkah or a thicker wall. Right? 
you want to make sure the sukkah doesn't blow away if it's a canvas sukkah. So what would be if someone on sukkahs would take that board away? Would that be, uh, would that be called soser? So he says there, there's a machlokas aposkim, machlokas of the achronim, whether we call that soser or not. Because in a way, it's really only meant to help the binyan stay in place. It's not part of the binyan. Remember we weren't before. That soser means it's, you're destroying the binyan itself. So what is this? It really depends on why you put it there. If you put it there to keep this thing in place, it's not really binyan. And, and it could be that it won't be, it might not, it might, it might be, it's definitely not Asr Daraisa, according to those shitas. Right? I'm not sure if it's Asr Darabonan, but it, it, you wouldn't be Aifer Nisr Daraisa. Um, Obviously, if you just place it there because you want to have firewood, so, of course, even though it happens that Derach Agav helped the sukkah, in other words, it happens to be put there. Hey, I didn't realize that, that it was by my sukkah. Yeah, yeah, it's helping, isn't it? So there, even though when you take it away, the sukkah is now less stable, since that wasn't your intent at all, that would be 100% mutter to take the wood and to use it for firewood. Um, okay, so one of the things that was in the uh, our, 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 the Bura, um, uh a little while ago and um, I'm, I'm, we are going to uh, review that. Is the idea of uh, of a of sav kabbalah? Bizman um, uh What they would do was uh, before a shochet started the shecht, he would bring the sakin to one of the chachamim of the place because of the covet of the chacham. Now, why is it that you're doing a mitzvah? You have to bring it to the chacham. Why isn't that when you wear tzitzis or tefillin, you don't have to show the chacham your tzitzis or your tefillin? Because checking a uh, a knife really is a very subtle uh, process, a subtle feeling that the person checking it has. Once again, we quote Rabbeinu Yonah. The Chafetz Chaim quotes Rabbeinu Yonah in, in the Mishnah Bura. Hello, Tira. Ki yivdok adam pamim sholosh v'lo yargish pepegim adaka ve'akakach yimtsena. Ki hichin libo b'achrona. U'bechinas chush ha'mishus kefi kavonas halev. So in other words, other, in other words, when it comes to tzitzis, you don't have to be the greatest chacham to be able to look at the tzitzis and say, it looks like it's puzzle now. You can tell. It's unraveled. You don't have it properly. The tzitzis don't seem to be square. When it comes to the knives, it's really a very subtle type of recognition. And therefore, we, we take it to a chacham. Because a chacham, we believe, can concentrate to the point that he can actually subtly feel even the slightest flaw. 
And that's the reason why we take it to the Chacham. Another reason is checking a knife, we look at it like a psak. And therefore, this is almost like you want the posek to be involved. Are my tzitzis good? That's not like a hayro. That's not like you're sitting in Bezdin. But it was the minute that a knife checking, and this was already in the time of Chazal as well, that's like a psak, so you need to be machabed the chocham. Even though that's the way it was in the time of Chazal, in today's time, we do not have the minig anymore of checking the knife and showing it to the Chacham. Now, the Chachamim did come periodically to the Beis Hashrita, and there was times when the Chacham would call people and say, I want to see your knives. But it wasn't the way it was in the time of Chazal, that before every Shrita, the Chacham of the ear was called in to check the knives. Why is it different today? So the Postkim say... We know that Bizman Azeh, a shochet, becomes a shochet for a community. And he needs to get a permission, a Kabbalah, from, from the Chochem of the city. That's called Ksav right, Kabbalah. Now, by giving the shochet Kabbalah, so part of it is not just this is smicha. The Chochem is saying, I don't need the covet anymore for you to show me the socket. Because I feel that you are on the Madrega that you know. And that's part of why Ksav Kabbalah is so important. You know, you need a Kabbalah to Shecht because that not only tells you the Shochet is something, but also because the it tells you that... Um, uh, that you you don't need uh, the 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 sasakin. I know it's already after shkia, but I think uh, we need to remember, and I'm sure you do, Moshe and others, that we just passed, of course, the the Yom Hashana of Chacham Avadi Yosef, which was uh, Gimel Cheshvan. So, um, a question. Yes. What's gonna What's happening with all the commercialized Beit uh, Shechitas that right now each Shochet is supposed to be Shochet about 12 chickens a minute? So you want to know, uh, you have a question which has been true, which is a question which is relevant uh, for the last 35 or 40 years, maybe even more where the, 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 the speed in which they are shechting uh, animals is in, intense, right? That's, that's your question. In other words, it's one thing to say, right, you believe that, 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 that there should be more, there should be more hashbacha. So for that reason, um, there are mashkichim at Empire and, and other places that have it, that they set up there, and they are supposed to check the knives um, every 20 minutes or so, I think, or every 20, 25 minutes. So there is, there, they do have something in place, uh, over there. And that's, my brother worked for a mashki, as a mashkiach in empire for many years. And there are many other, my, uh, my, my daughter-in-law, Jesse, her uncle is a, is a, is a mashkiach in empire. 
So in, most of the shlach places do employ, uh, and, the, and the mashkiach has to be out there with the shochtim and asking to check, and, and and they probably you know report when there's an issue. I, don't know, I met any... a shochet in Israel. I met a shochet that was kicked out because he couldn't do twelve of them in a minute. He did he did only nine in a minute. I think you might have told this to me before. So you're saying that you think this is shocking because it is. Now there are there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, but it's it's not like we're just going to let them and we're not going to be checking the, the the knives. There are checking of the knives that do that do occur. Um, is it possible that they can be so quick and make sure that they never have any problems? Because obviously there's more than just checking a knife. Because we know, um, you know, uh, there are other issues with Shrita. Um, and, um, you're probably correct on another level, which is that these places that, that, that if, whether, whatever the, the, the Shlach places, the, the the amount of 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 birds that are shechted uh, is immense, and there's another thing which I don't know if if, if, if how, how how strong it is of halachic issue, but the way the birds are raised in those places as well, the hormones that are given to the birds, and these birds over there, as you know, they are monstrosities. You know what I'm talking about. They, there are these giant monstrosity birds yes, that, yes. That, that, and some of them barely have a, a head. They have like a big, big fat body and a little head sticking out of it. And, um, Kivlevich. So, so uh, let me just make my point. Sorry. Yeah. I think there's a, an issue of Tsar Balechayim as well, uh, in, in, in those areas. Um, and, and I, and, and I have a very hard time, um, you know, I, I guess we eat our chicken and we, we sort of don't want to know. But as my daughter, who is a vegetarian, can tell you, there's plenty of videos that are out there to try to convince people to, uh, you know, and, and there is, there are kashrus organizations. They aren't from the standard kashrus organizations that are trying to push this, um, uh, tzedek. I don't know what it's called exactly, but, um, you know, Avi Weiss and his yeshiva, uh, are pushing this. That, that we should try to move away from these type of, it should be, what is it called? Grange, range chickens, not farmed in these places. Uh, and we should pay the extra price. Free range. Free range, right. And, and, and I, you know, and I know that, um, I think there's a lot of validity to their argument. And I think that, uh, I can't say that the, the chickens are not kosher, but the chances of the chickens being trafe are increased. At these uh, at these plants, I do I do think so. Yes, Doctor Kogan, you wanted to say something. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that uh, you know Tsar Balechayim, right? That's one of the reasons. How, uh, what's one of the um, arguments that brought by the kashrut that the way that kashrut is done versus the electric shock that the you know the non kosher meat is is more humane. But what you're saying is it destroys the whole principle here or almost so right if, if you have um, okay look it's all okay the whole argument is that it's not should not be painful it should be as as uh, closer to the to uh, just falling asleep for an animal i think that's a big for people who are trying to keep kosher i think that's a very uh okay. a big thing so, yeah. you, know, you know everything is in moderation 
clearly, you know, it, the difference between slaughtering an animal by its at its neck and taking a gun and shooting its head off is clearly a, a less of a tsar balechayim. Is that the only reason why the Torah was mitzavishchit in such a way that it should have the least amount of pain for the animal? I don't know if that is true. I, I think it's one of the reasons why God commanded it that way. But I think we need to be careful and say that if the animal is in tsar, that somehow the food isn't kosher. We, we, we have to be careful about saying that. I don't... I, yeah, I want to say, I mean, doesn't Rav Moshe talk about when they're talking about, um, you know, veal, how somebody who's a bal nefesh wouldn't, you know, eat it because of the tsar bal involved. But it's not that it's not kosher. It's just that it it's not good for you to be someone who contributes to to cruelty. But at the same time, you cannot say it's not kosher. Right. And, 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 and again, right. I, I think what you're saying is, is true. But I, again, once the cat is out of the box, uh, the, the Tsar Balichayim issue, then it basically leads to the conclusion of not penning right. the animals up, not slaughtering them and letting them live and not eating them. Right. I mean, that's what it eventually could become. And, and therefore, you know, it, 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 there's a slippery slope. I think if you know that an, an animal is, is being mistreated and that the whole way this animal's food comes to you is by, 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 by living in this, you know, in, in these, in these pens that are full of terrible feces and, and, and the animal can hardly move. Um, and it just becomes this big fat monster that, that the people shech to get the great pocus. You know, I, I think that's, you know, that, that is something which, which should give us pause about our desires and, and realize how we are. We mentioned Chocham Avadia. I just want to mention something from Chocham Avadia here. So, um, the, uh, Moshe, what is the Mashbak? The Mashbak is the, um, do you know what that Rashi Tevis means? Um, not sure. I'm not sure. Okay, but I assume it's like a shamus. But anyway, um, he once gave uh, to Chocham Avadia uh, the the Tefillin Rabbeinu Tam instead of the Tefillin Shalrashi. Um, so the uh, now we know that the Chocham Avadia, like many Sfardish can felt that you make the brocha. Only on the Tefillin Shal Rashi, not on Rabbeinu Tam. When Chacham Avadi realized that the Tefillin he had put on were Rabbeinu Tam's, well, first of all, the Shamus was very upset because he knew that Chacham Avadi had now made a bracha on something he normally would never have made a bracha on, which is the Tefillin of Rabbeinu Tam. So first he told him, he told the Shamus, no, 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 no. <laughs> Even though I never have done it, I'll be uh, And at least now it was your toes, but at least now I could say I have a little bit of a schut that I made the brocha Rabbeinu Tam tefillin for once. But after the Shamus left, they say the Chacham Avadia cried. He cried. He was in tears the whole day. Because he might have made a brachal of Atola. So he, of course, didn't want that person to feel bad. But people who saw him privately, 
um, you can see that he was crying over this idea of bracha of atala. Uh, how, how, and, and here we are talking about eating and stuffing ourselves. And, and here you see Chocham Avadia was so nizar that, that the whole day it was, it was, it, he was consumed by the fact that he had not, uh, he might have made the bracha incorrectly. And, um, as you can see, that is the, the kpeda in halacha of the type of trumkite and the midas tovos that Chochem uh, Avadia exhibited. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.